We're Kenyon and Takara Martin, faith-based marriage coaches, champions for healthy love, and lovers of pizza. And this is the Ask the Martins podcast, where we answer your single, married, or dating relationship questions with practical advice and research-based techniques. Have a relationship question you want answered? Well, send us a direct message on Facebook or Instagram at Ask the Martins or visit us at AskTheMartins.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. Dear, hi, the Martins. I have a question. My husband and I have been together for 15 years and married 11 years. I didn't put that just in case it was a giveaway, right? Right. On New Year's Eve, we got into a very bad argument. I was quarantined due to COVID-19 and he was invited to a party. I said, that's fine. Just be home before countdown. We agreed to that. At 11.40 p.m., I called him and asked, did he notice the time? He said yes, so I stated, well, why are you still there instead of here? He stated he was on his way out the door, so I said, let's not start a new year arguing, and he agreed to that. At 12.15 a.m., he was still a no-show, so I called back upset, saying some harsh words, because at that moment, I felt disrespected. Mm -hmm. So he said, well, if you hadn't called my phone the first time, I would be home. So that sparked an even louder argument. Mm. After that phone call, I didn't get an answer anymore. He arrived home around 2.40 a.m., which sparked another argument. At that point, I felt like I'm tired of being disrespected and I'm ready to walk away. Out of 15 years, when we argue, he doesn't apologize for his part. He always says, well, if you hadn't did this, I wouldn't have done that. Never took accountability. When I cry, there's no empathy. He says I'm toxic and I let my past break up my marriage. So I always, always, always apologize because he makes me feel like I'm the problem. Mm. It's so much more, but... but but I just got in the way. Go ahead. Sorry. It's so much more, but I communicate my concerns. He says I'm complaining. I tell him my feelings. He says it's always something. He makes me feel like I don't matter. My feelings don't matter. And I have past issues I need to that I need to deal with. And past issues and the past issues part, he tells me this. I'm ready to walk away. My children don't want to break up the family, but I'm hurting on the inside from his continuous poor decisions and disrespectful behavior. Not sure what to do. Oh, and he said he's not doing marriage counseling because that's people telling you how to live your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. say ye? All right. Now, here's where we was going at before. And I want to make sure that this is absolutely clear since no one heard me the last time. Right. This is going to be very important. Whenever someone comes to us with a marriage question, they're usually coming to us on the last leg. They're usually coming mm-hmm. to us at, on their final chapter. They're usually coming to us have, having maybe already made a decision, but wants to give it another chance. And so they're usually coming to us under the tone of, is divorce an option for me? Right. That's really the undertone of questions like this. Mm-hmm. And so before we begin to answer this question, I think it's going to be very important that Takara and I make it very clear to you that we make it very absolutely clear to you how we see divorce and how we approach it. Number one, divorce can be an answer, but we need you to understand what divorce brings. Number one, divorce is hard and dirty. It will break you. Divorce is like taking something that has bonded itself and become one and pulling it apart again. That's an emotionally ter- emotional terrible incident. That is a physiologically terrible incident. It's a biological terrible incident. It's a mental terrible incident. Divorce is not just paperwork. When you've been together for umpteen years, and the average is around 16 years for people who come to us with that, when you've been together that long, you are literally tearing something apart. We're not saying you can't, but we have to put put you in a position where you understand what's coming. Number two, divorce is war. People don't play nice. 
Those of you who go through divorce and trying to get disconnected from a person who's been abusing you, guess what? They, their abuse will escalate. They will abuse you the most in the divorce mm -hmm. because they feel like you, they, they feel the their power being pulled away from them. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So that's where the war starts. It is never nice. It is never clean. It is never convenient. And that's something that you need to understand. Number three is, is that we see divorce in the context of deliverance. So while a person is going through a terrible situation, an abusive situation, a situation where they don't think they can handle it anymore, and they're looking for that way out, understand that we look at divorce at, in a proper context as a deliverance, which means that there is an improper context. Leaving a marriage to go to someone else is an improper context. Leaving a marriage just because you're emotionally weak is an improper context. Leaving a marriage because of any other issue or situation is improper context. But when you're being delivered from a situation yes. and, and that's what happens typically, and I'm a good, we'll see it in here. What happens typically is someone who is being abused, especially emotionally, see themselves as being emotionally weak. And so they try to toughen up because they're being gaslit. So that's where we come in and try to make clarity of the thing. Now, with that being the case, even though it's going to be, even though we look at it as a point of deliverance, even though we look at it as a point in a proper context, as a point of deliverance, understand that we are not permitting anything. Don't don't reach out to us and ask us for permission. You're asking us for clarity. And don't tell not, your pastor we said. <laughs> not for permission. We will punch straight. We don't pull any punches. We'll be clear and we'll be concise. And if this is a necessary need for that kind of deliverance, we're going to let you know we don't shy from that. We know your church might shy from that. We know that Anyone under the cloth might shy from that. Most people, some people don't, but we don't shy from that. And the reason why, especially as faith based is because we don't put the sac We don't put the, the sacrament mm -hmm. above the person. You matter. Your soul matters. You as a person matter. Your emotions matter. Your mental matter. Your physical matters. So you are not to be. So if you're in, if you're married, but in a non-marriage, see worse than a divorce is a non-marriage. Come on, preach. You see what I'm saying? Worse than a divorce, worse than breaking up and moving away and trying to escape some abuse is being caught in abuse and calling it this is what Christ or what this is what God had for us. Because now you're lying on two people. Now you're lying on the victim and you're lying on God. This is not how it's supposed to be. That's good. And when we get back into, you know, just, just, okay, we're not going to go too, I'm not going to go too far with that. I'll just let you know that there is strong support for that. Okay. Amen. Now, let's go back to this young lady here. Do you have any words for her as we began? I do. Okay. I, I do. To start off, piggybacking off what you said, if you decide to leave, the biggest thing that you have to realize what Kenyon said in what Kenyon said is that divorce is war. And for 15 years, this man has taken you through mental and emotional hoops in order to get you to believe that he does not have to be accountable in order to make you the responsible party for the, the success or failure of that relationship. And so when you, if you decide to file for a divorce, filing the paperwork is not going to be hard. It's going to be hard trying to unlearn the mental abuses that have come in that relationship, the mental ways that he has gotten you to believe the lie that you are the sole party responsible and he has no accountability. So I always tell women before you even consider divorce, especially because there are children involved and because every aspect of what you're about to do is going to make you feel like you're the guilty party and you're responsible for breaking the family up, even to the kids. Go get therapy by yourself. You said he won't go to counseling. You go by yourself, not so that you can fix the marriage because it's clear that you're trying to fix it on your own and nothing's working. Mm -hmm. Not to say you don't have any responsibility, but go get counseling by yourself to mentally and emotionally prepare yourself for the war ahead. Because when it gets down and dirty, he's going to make you feel guilty. He's going to make you feel like you're the bad guy. He's going to try to trick you and manipulate you into bowing down to his demands of what he wants you to do based on how he's been able to do it for 15 years. Go get therapy so that you can literally get your brain strong for a war. 
Absolutely. And and so what we're saying is, is that divorce is an option here as far as a deliverance. Now, let me tell you what I saw here. I What I saw here is when we first start this DM, when we first started, the whole situation that's going on on New Year's Eve. Yeah. That is a microcosm of the macrocosm. Yes. That's a small part of the whole of what has been the norm in your entire relationship for 15 years. What we're looking at is we're looking at, hey, listen, I'm hurt. Mm -hmm. Listen, she had COVID-19. She was hurt. She's quarantined. But she wants to spend time with him. She's beckoning to him. She's saying, I want to start my new year with him. And there was no empathy there. He lacks empathy. He lacks accountability. He lacks those things that she needed. But wait, they started out with an agreement. Go ahead. I have a question, though. Wouldn't that also, though, considered selfish that she has to quarantine because of COVID-19? You live with the woman and you didn't feel the need to quarantine. You went out and went to a party. I'm just saying that seems selfish, too. That seems not only selfish, but it, se- is, it seems ignorant and reckless. So now because you want to be where you want to be. So now we have a person who says, I decided to be a super spreader because of my wife. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a person who has decided to make other people sick because of my wife. Powerful, right? Mm-hmm. So going back to this particular situation, outside of that ignorance, going back to this particular situation, we're seeing that they came to an agreement. She called to check in on him at the la- at the 11th hour, literally. Eleven forty, twenty 20 minutes before so he had only a few minutes to come home he didn't make it home 30 minutes later 35 minutes later she checks again like okay now what's going on because now i missed you when i needed you most yes yes you see what i'm saying so we keep every time i talk to you we have an agreement you miss that agreement then you're not there when i need you most yes i'm upset and she has every right to express her upsetness but then he blames it on her and decides to punish her by staying two to three hours later that that's what we're talking about here we're talking about a microcosm of the macrocosm I hear you. I agree with you, but I'm not going to do what the heck you want me to do because I'm doing me. And not only am I doing me, I'm doing me recklessly. And guess what? When I break the agreement, I'm going to blame it on you and blame it on you. This over 15 years, 11 years married, 15 years together, this over 15 years is a foundation for consistent emotional abuse. And then at the end of the day, he said, I will not seek help because I don't need to be told what to do. That's the exact problem is somebody, a man, a grown man who don't want to be told. People ask us, people ask us all the time. Why do y'all not? We we do have men who ask us questions, very few. But why don't y'all kind of put together a program for men, whatever? Men don't want to be told what to do because a program for men requires accountability. See, you have to you have to deal with men differently because if men want to be a lead, if men want to be the head, if men want to be seen as the head of the home or whatever, it's not a tax form. Mm -hmm. It's a behavior. Right. And until you get to the point of addressing that behavior, then you can you you can you can be better for whomever you're going to be with, which we'll get back later. But the problem is, is that too many men don't want to be told what to do. They want to be told or we want to be told. I'm not one of them, but at the same time, I'll just put me still in there. A man. I mean, I'm yeah. still a man. We want to be told what can make us stronger with the strength we already have. Mm-hmm. What can make us better with the great that we are or with the good that we already have. We want to be coddled in our ego before we can excel in our ambition. And that's the problem with men nowadays. That's the reason why we can't accept coaching. That's the reason why we can't accept counseling until the very bitter end when she de- de- deliberately walks out because she has taken too much and she's not going to take anymore. Right. Now we want to go through all the jump through all these hoops in order to make her happy or in order to do something right by her. When you have spent 15 years doing wrong by her, you have literally beat a child of God for 15 years over her head. Somebody, this is the child of God. This is somebody else's child, sister, cousin. This is a, a, a human being. You have literally twisted their words, twisted their emotions, twisted their feelings, twisted everything about them and beat them over the head. And, and, and at the end of the day, there's deliverance. We're looking at Egypt and Israel. 
we're looking at the necessary need for deliverance. And if I can go any further just to address the child or children involved, Mm. I'm going to tell you more often than not, children have a better way to rebound from this than even the, the parents are. Children will heal better. Uh, that does not mean they don't need therapy. That does not mean they don't need counseling, but they can heal better as long as you don't project what you're going through onto them. And that's what I was just getting ready to say. I'm sorry. Number, no, 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 no. I was, it just, it struck me when you said something, something very important that we have to look at when we are dealing with children and we're thinking about going through a divorce, because when you're dealing some, with someone who refuses to accept accountability, whether that's the husband or the wife in this situation, when you're dealing with someone who does not want to accept accountability for what their part has been in the breakdown of the marriage, they will almost always turn to the children as a next victim to validate and intoxicate them with their lies. And so if you're in a position where you are preparing to think about divorce and you have children and the children are old enough to be able to take sides, so to speak, immediately before things start, get your children in therapy, but begin, you really need to come up with a communication strategy as it pertains to your kids and what you're doing and what you're allowing. A lot of times we shield our children from certain things so they don't get a bad image of mommy or so they don't get a bad image of daddy. This become a point where again, you're about to start a war. And the number one thing they will use against you is your children. Go to therapy, have your children seek therapy, but also you need to stop shielding your children from this despicable person that that other parent is if they are being trash human beings. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm hoping we answered the question and giving you the kind of the idea or the support that you're looking at. If there is no if you have no other out. Number one, go to counseling for yourself. Number two, come to a decision of whether this is what you want to do and then prepare for it. Prepare financially for it, emotionally for it, physically for it. Prepare for everything that's going to come with it. Lawyer up. Do everything. Do not announce your moves. Do not use your moves as a means to try to make him do any better. He does right. not want to be told what to do. And anything you do, he's going to counteract guaranteed. So what you want to do is you want to move in silence, move straight forward, plan your plan your plan your trip and then begin to process that begin that process, begin that journey and you're going to actually going to need some help even on the way out and on the other side of the journey. Makes sense? Makes sense. All right, we rolling, man. Can y'all still hear us? Yeah, please let us know. I'm so glad that my, because <laughs> I was going into, ro I, I went back and listened to that. I was going into robot mode. Crazy. Computer love. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right. Okay, read it. Hey, never mind. Never mind. I ain't even going to go there. Okay, so this is one from a young man. I would love and appreciate some help to be able to work on becoming the best man I possibly can. Yes, my goal is to get back together with my ex. But I also understand that that may not be in my cards. First of all, I would say, and I, I need you to chime in from a woman's perspective after I lay this down. Okay. First of all, I would say that I congratulate you for saying that I need to become a better man. First of all, I congratulate you and having the heart to step up and deciding to become a better man. It's unfortunate that you had to go through what you went through and figuring out that you needed to become a better man. This is a learning opportunity right now. What I would recommend and what you really want to do is you want to become a better, you want to become a better partner. You want to become a better spouse. And what I would say first off is as you go on this journey to becoming better, go ahead and relinquish any right or desire you have to your ex. The reason, even as hurtful as that, as that is, and as terrible as that may sound, if I'm going to be honest with you, that's going to stunt the growth that you're looking to have. Mm -hmm. The reason why is because you're always going to have it in the back of your mind, whether she's looking or not. One of the things that I usually tell young men when they are breaking away from when they have to break up and they're looking for a way to get back to her or they want to rekindle that relationship, 
I tell them to get better, just like and just like the post that you saw that prompted. that that prompted you, right? But I also tell them that they cannot be your priority because you're fooling yourself and trying to get better by making them or getting back with them your priority. You're already aware that it may not be in the cards. So just throw the cards away. What happens is that when we get into this position, trust me, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you once again, I'm going to tell everybody once again, guaranteed as you grow, you are being peeped. She is peeping you out. She is seeing you become what she needed you to become when you were with her. Yes. And it's going to be attractive to her. If she's with somebody else, it may be a, well, good for him moment. But if she's and she if she's with somebody else who's treating her good, it may be a well good for him moment. If she's not with someone else who's treating him good or treating her good, then she may take some time to contemplate reinvesting into you. Right. But it will be no good if all you're doing is looking behind you to make sure that you're being seen in what you do. The reason why is, is because once you get what you've always wanted, you may stop becoming who you need to be. So it's going to be vastly important for you to continue growing in a direction. How do you go grow in that direction? Grow professionally, personally, professionally, men gain courage and confidence by being good at what they do. It'll help you. So whatever courage and confidence you don't have in interpersonal relationships, you can begin to build that professionally. Leadership, learn leadership. I'll give you two examples. John C. Maxwell has some great books, learn leadership and reading books, go to leadership seminars that are specifically leadership focused and then learn leadership through the word. The word has a leadership trajectory for men. You need to understand that submission is not a right nor an entitlement for a man. Submission is what you cause a woman to do by being able to be trusted with her heart and her body. Mm. So now you have to be put yourself in a position to be able to be trusted with her heart and her body. How do you do that? Number three, three or four. Maybe I can't count. Okay, I'm not good. It's a lot of them. It's okay. You're good. Learn empathy. Empathy. Men are terrible in empathy. Empathy is the idea that I'm going to reach out and try to understand you. Seek to understand before being understood. That's a Covey thing. Okay, Steve, Stephen Covey? Stephen or Franklin, I always forget. Yeah, Frank, it's a Franklin Covey thing. But I always use that as a principle in all interpersonal relationships because you can't put you first before by putting, by it's servant leadership. Putting yourself mm-hmm. first will cause you to be last, which is the position that we're at right now. So now you have to become first by putting her first. If we're Christians here, if we're going to speak from a Christian perspective, just an idea, not everybody listening to us is going to be Christian. And we so be patient with us, those who are not. But looking from the perspective of Christianity, understand that Jesus taught by doing and doing for. One of his last things he did was to wash feet as someone entered the home that wasn't even his. So when he washed their feet, he prepared them for being able to enter the home and he made them feel welcome for entering that home. Being a servant leader, what you have to do now is as you have your home, get your home together, get your finances together, put all this stuff together. That's going to be a part of that. You want to make her feel welcomed in that home. She has to be feel, she has to feel welcomed, wanted and safe. I would recommend not a shameless plug or anything like that, but I would recommend our book for is is for marriages, but it's always useful for couples and singles to identify the things that you need to look for in a marriage or in someone who's going to marry, who you're going to marry. It's called covered four pillars to what, what? safeguard, secure and restore your marriage. Right. So <laughs> I'm a, covered. By Kenyon and Takara Martin, it's in Amazon. And it's on Audible. And it's on Audible. Definitely for men, it's on Audible. So you could read it while you're working or listen to it while you're working. The, hold on really quick. The reason why covered is so important is not just because it tells people how to be a good spouse. It doesn't do that. It comes to you from a male and a female perspective, and it gives you both sides of safety, security, trust, and empathy. And what you must do to cultivate that as a spouse, a husband, and or a wife. 
and it gives you male and female perspectives in every single chapter. So that way it's not like, oh, you're just talking to the women. You're just telling women how to be submissive or, you know, or you're just like beating up on men. No, everybody has a place of accountability. Everybody can get it. Everybody can get it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and everybody has a place of accountability in the success of that relationship. And everyone has the responsibility of covering the other if you want them for a lifetime. So that's why covered is good because it male, female perspective there. Boom. There it is. Thank you so much. And and that's, so that's where I would tell you start professionally Work on your finances, obviously, because you always want to make sure that as a man, you want to be able to take care of what you what you assume that what you pursue. Learn safety, security, trust and empathy, especially empathy. Get books on having a higher emotional IQ. Get books that's going to help mold you in those places. That's going to be very important for you. OK, and then don't look back. Or you're going to turn into a pillar of salt. You become the man you're supposed to become. And whether she comes back or not, it won't matter because you'll always, you more than likely end up with something probably better than what you had previously. Remember this, everybody, you too, sir, you too, sir, but everybody, if ever you break into a relationship and consider the thought process of moving back into the same relationship, you're, you, you want a different, you want a different relationship with different people, even though the people are in the same skin. What that means is that you got to be different. She got to be different. And if you're a different person and she's not, there's going to be some times where you're going to be like, you know what? This seems like, like the same, here? <laughs> same old thing because quiet is kept. There's some things that, that you don't like about her too. So, so, I mean, let's just be real about that. Right. So not looking back, always looking forward. You'll get either get a different her or a different one period. Can I just say really quickly, I just I want to talk about what you do really quickly to grow as a professional man or man in general. And I think you talked about, sorry, professionally, financially and all of that. But something that you also do, especially when you get kind of like into this mundane or monotonous place to energize you and motivate you. You also look at YouTube videos and interviews of men that you admire, too. I do. So I, I, do. I think it's really good to look at, number one, men you admire. Look at men who are grinding and hustling in the direction that you want to go. Yes. But then to be honest with you, look at husbands and also look at men who are husbands and men who honor and respect their wives. Somebody you would never, man, method man, method man honors and respects the heck out of his wife. And it is so empowering, I think, to, for other men to see that about him. Another one, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Like, f don't just follow men who are out there hustling and getting it and get money and all that. Follow men also who carry the type of mentality about manhood and family that you want to follow as well. I literally follow people who I don't even listen to their music, even though they're musicians. I'll follow because there, there's some wisdom to what they're saying yeah. and what they're doing. And how they move. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I do look at me in all walks of life, in all walks of life. Hip hop is a, is a mainstay. So I, I do look at like someone like Method Man and the strength of how they hold themselves and, 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 and their accountability. And I love the way he he he's a professional, professional actor. Yeah. Like he's a literal like. When I say professional, I'm not saying what he does or the shows he's in. I'm talking about how he conducts himself on the screen and how he identifies what must be done <laughs> in order that his co-actor or screen partner stays safe. It, it, it really blew my mind, that kind of thing. Uh, I can't think of anybody else. One of them is, to be honest, the pettiest person on earth is 50 Cent. But when we're and not Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart, but when we're not playing Patty, when we're not on the when we're not in the entertainment mode, there are some real gems and diamonds we can get out of there. Kevin Hart is just a workhorse. I love the way he work. I love his effort. I love most comedians and the way they work. It's but anyway, I'm talking. I'm sorry. All right, we. Got, I'm sorry. I, I did that. I got off. We're sidestepping here, but the idea is is that look for a a virtual mentor. Look for someone that you don't have problems for. Joel Gregory. Pastor Gregory looked up, look up, linked up church and then watch Joel Gregory. Watch how he treats his wife. Look up, watch look. how he how, watch how he uh, handles himself around her. If you watch some old presentations or some I'm, old I'm ministries. Say it. Are you about to say it? Go ahead. Uh, say uh, it. Go to SoundCloud and look up linked up church, the blueprint. And listen, when I say that is a series for men who want to be better men, linked up church on SoundCloud, the blueprint. I'm going to put that in the chat.
It is an amazing series specifically for men. You want to be a better man? Go listen to that whole thing in its entirety over four, I think four or five episodes. And it is amazing. Amazing. Fantastic. You ready to go to this next one? Yeah, Hopefully we, we answered your we, question. We're beating all these horses today. D-E-D dead. <laughs> D-E-D dead. Okay, so we're going to continue to answer these questions. I'm going to read this next question from this gentleman. If you have any questions, go ahead and load them up into the chat. If we missed you, another thing when abusers... I'm sorry. I'm just reading. Yeah, baby, if you... that was a comment. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay, so let me read this. Mr. and Mrs. Martin, hi. I'm one of your followers. I was trying to ask a question on one of your links in, the, in your story, but it erased and I didn't know how to get back. No problem, brother. I'm glad you hit us in the DM. So I'm messaging you to hoping that you accepted and read it. Of course, I'm a man that is seeking God right now at this moment to get more of him. And I'm seeking to get discipling. I do believe in Jesus Christ and I have been saved, but I lost my way and fell off. I committed a sin against my wife. I didn't commit adultery or abuse her, abuse her physically, but I did lie to her. I feel guilty and I feel like I have fallen so low that I can't find my way out. But I know that there is a way out with God. I'm hurt because I betrayed my wife with lying. My question is, how do I recover when character have failed? I want to repeat that. This is a great question. How do I recover when character has failed? That's a preaching question right there, I tell you. And then he goes on to say, I have prayed and asked God to forgive me of my transgressions. And I've also asked my wife to forgive me, but she did leave. She doesn't want to talk to me, and I feel that she is mentally and emotionally gone, but at the same time, responses are because of anger. I totally understand why that's why that's why I haven't I, I, I totally understand why, and that's why I haven't been worrying her or bugging her or calling her because I'm trying to give her time. That's good. Will you please say a word of prayer for me and my yeah. wife? Amen. I want her back, but if I don't get her back because of her choice for all of the right reasons, I still want to be a better person and not lie again, not only to my wife, but also, but to my wife, but just all together. I know it's a lot to say, but with all of what I just said, my question again is, can you help me with maybe a little diplomacy or knowledge or some ideas of how I can get through this after my character has failed? Mm. First of all, you're doing all the right things. First, you ask all the right questions. My question is, how do I recover when character has failed? That's number one. Number two is you're looking at your wife and you're giving her her distance and you're giving her her space in order to deal with or process the pain that she feels, even though it's not adultery or it's not abuse. And while we're while we're OK with you telling us what it's not, whatever it is, it was bad enough to hurt her to such a place that she can't face you. Mm -hmm. So that's what we want to begin to focus on here. Now, the first thing you did is you play, you pray to God in order to pray to God for your transgression, forgive your transgression. I need you to take that one step further. I need you to for, ask for forgiveness for your transgression. But because this is a character issue, this is going to be something that you're going to have to repent of. What does that mean, Kenyon? What repentance is, actually turning away, changing my mind about what I did. Mm -hmm. Not only what I did was wrong, this is how it was wrong. This is why it was wrong. This is the damage that it did to her. This is why she's so hurt. It's actually processing all of those things to a point where you realize <laughs> that what I did was wrong and I've changed my mind about the necessity, the need, or the desire to do it again. That comes through a process. Oftentimes, when we get in trouble, tr listen to me, bro. This, this is me and you, right? Us, when we get in trouble, it, it feels good to have a God to turn to, but God can't save us from our own crap. We're looking for God to unscrew us when it's us who screwed up. And so what we have to do, you you ask the right question. What can, How do I focus on my character? The very first part of focusing on your character is repentance. <clears throat> Repentance is a process. It's not a fancy biblical word. It's not even something that we even have to keep in the in the Bible for for it could be a very pragmatic process of saying that what I did was wrong and I don't want to do that no more. Not only do I not not want to do it, but I just changed my mind about it. I just feel like, you know what? It's it's poison. It's there's why did I do that in the first like good God almighty? Why why am I why was this? Mm-hmm. And then you begin to say, okay, done with that. Now, 
if it has to do with a habit or if it has to do with addiction, you're going to need to address that because a habit and addiction actually deals with something else. It deals with you biochemically and it deals with something that you need to help to control. Now, I'm not saying this is what it is, but I'm just saying if that is the case, that's something that you need to take care of. Okay. If it's an emotional affair, that's just as much as an affair. I always say this, and I'm never going to pull a punch on this. Any man who's ever had an emotional affair was on his way to sexual affair or have already had a sexual affair right. because emotions is not enough for a man. A man needs to feel that presence. All right. So if it's that, go ahead and turn that back or turn it around, turn it around while you're giving her her time. You have to be active and doing more than just praying to God because God can't save you from you. And I want to say this in a way that doesn't take anything from God. I'm not saying God can't overpower your will. He could. He's God, but he won't. So there's going to have to be a cooperation with the prayers that you pray. We can intercede on your cooperation. Mm-hmm. Also, God can't change her mind or her will. We can intercede on the Holy Spirit working on her heart to see things differently, but ultimately it's her choice. Okay. So we have to understand that prayer by God's design, God is never limited, but prayer is going to be limited by what you do mm-hmm. and how you interact with this entire situation. Okay. So now we're dealing with your character and you want to say anything else? No, no. While, while we're working through this? No. Okay. I, <laughs> okay. So we're dealing with your character and, I, I, and, and the next thing is, is that what is good character? What's the opposite of what you did? What's the opposite? How do you demonstrate the opposite? How can she see the opposite? Now I'm not saying this so she can see the opposite or so you can, you know, do a song and dance for, her. but what I am saying, what I am saying is that you need to understand how to demonstrate the opposite of what you did, demonstrate what's right so that you can actually practice that. As you practice that, you become that. And when she's open to seeing you, she'll see that instead of what she saw. Finally, you're going to have to get counseling. You're going to have to get counseling and you're going to have to, you're going to have to let her know that I want counseling. I want to work on this together. If she says no, you go alone and you work on it by yourself. When if when or if she turns up and looks to see what you're doing, she pokes her head out her hole and she just looks to see what you're doing. You can always say, you know, I wanted us to go, but I decided I needed to go because I needed the help the most. And then you go from there. Doesn't mean that you're taking accountability for whatever part she played in this situation, but it does mean that you're taking the leadership. Remember, a leader is is demonstrable. You're going first. A leader goes first. Because you went first, it shows that you're willing to go there. And as you go first, she may follow later on, but make beat your feet, make a way to get there. Hopefully that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Finally, for her to get over this, I'm just letting you know up front. She's going to need to express. She's going to need a level of catharsis with you. She's going to need to talk to you and let you know. She's going to have to cry and complain and do all those things. That's going to be very important. Okay. The reason why that's going to be very important is because she has to get it off her chest. When you shut her down, you shut off the empathy that you need to know. She needs to know that she's been hurt when she wasn't hurt. That's a part of your practice. She's going to need to know that she matters. And part of that is making sure that she is heard. Okay. So that's going to be a few small steps towards redeveloping your character towards what you should pray and how you should partner with God and how you should, what you look, should look for from her and how you should lead her or lead instead of waiting for her to get better. Amen. No, no, that's it. Okay. I'm sorry. That was a long time. That was long. I'm sorry. If you have any other questions. Hit us in the DMs. All right. You ready, babe? I am. So this next question says, how to let go of revenge due to infidelity in a 12-year marriage? I didn't under, And I saw this question, and, and based mm-hmm. on your understanding, 
are they still in the marriage and they want revenge? Or are they out of the marriage and they want revenge? Because it only came with those words. So I would suggest that they're still in the marriage because, well, whether you're in the marriage or outside of marriage, there's one answer. What's that? Go through a process to let go of the need for vengeance. I'm going to I'm going to tell you something. Do you mind if I jump through? No, no. I'm like, I don't know what you're going to say, but go ahead. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. Revenge, revenge is to do to somebody what they did to you. Revenge. So now we're looking at vengeance. Mm. What vengeance is, is taking care of the justice that I deserve because of what they've done to me. Okay, so revenge says that I deserve vengeance. I deserve justice and I'm going I'm ready to put it on them myself i'm ready to give them the business for what they did to me that's it it. they hurt me the problem with that is that there is no forgiveness in revenge there is no justice in revenge because while you're getting just or trying to get justice for yourself what you're doing is you are actually victimizing them Mm -hmm. and you're creating a pattern an unhealthy pattern uh, in your relationship whether you stay married or not So what you want to do is you want to go through a process that allows you to heal from the infidelity. What does that mean? Here's what infidelity did to you. And this is what it does to most women in general. And then there, I'm sure there are nuances personal to you. It makes you feel like you're at fault. It makes you feel like you're no longer attractive or pretty. It embarrasses you incredibly. It Mm. makes you feel like you're wrong and there's something, there's nothing you could have done there. It makes you feel like you're less than it makes you feel like you're no no longer a good wife. It makes you feel terrible about yourself, but then it makes you unable to trust him or anyone else because breaking a trust is literally breaking a it's like breaking a bone and you can't stand on trust for anyone because he broke it okay so so now you got to learn how to walk on trust again or learn how to trust again so now you got these things put together you need to go through that process whether you get a divorce or whether you stay within the marriage and 10 times out of 10 you have every physical mental emotional and spiritual right to get that divorce we're not pulling no punches with that but if you stay well, within the marriage, mm-hmm. you got to go through that process. You could go through that with a counselor, a coach. He will need to go through that process with you. He has to. Staying in a relationship means that you're staying in the idea that you can become trusting partners. So he has to partner with you in your healing. Mm. He has to fix what he broke too. I I think you summed it up perfectly, I think. And another way to also put this is because whether you stay or you go, you're still going to need some 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 trauma recovery after coming through all of this. And so letting go of revenge also says I'm not going to look to them to give me what I owe. I'm going to look to me to get it for myself. Mm. And so focusing on you, working on what you need, working on in order to rebuild yourself up in this process when it's all said and done. And so focus on you, get that counseling, begin to rediscover yourself again, begin to, instead of beating up on yourself like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? Start rediscovering all the dope things that are right about you and begin to focus there with you. Because the more you focus on you, the less I'm not going to say it's easy, but the less you'll have time to worry about what he gets and what he deserves. Leave him to God. He going to get his. I promise you. Yes, yes. Maybe we, it's a venereal disease. <laughs> you sorry. So, <laughs> so, so I, I will tell you this. We've just finished walk, walking a, a cohort of young ladies, single and divorced, um, through that exact process. Yeah. It is a process. It does take time. We truncate it into an eight-week period, but let me help you understand this, that it is not easy. We had a lot of pushback, but at the end of the day, we help them get through. If you become single again, there's that. If you stay with him, you go to a coach or counselor who can help walk y'all through this. I would highly suggest a Gottman certified counselor. Yeah. Those are the ones that I love the most because they're equipped with um, in, with things that actually are in both of your favor and staying together. All right. Yep. Can we go? Can I pick the question we go to next? Yeah. Pick the question, girl. Pick it. Walked out of a marriage because his mom was too involved. (laughs) He's giving the silent treatment 
since then. Should I even bother with counseling to fix this or is it too manipulative? I'm going to go ahead and let you start that off because, you know, I got some things to say about this. You go first. So we left a marriage because this dude was a mama's boy. Basically, that's what she said. And he did not protect his wife from outside interference. Uh huh. Whether it be mama, cousin, child, daddy or or, or child uh, or baby mama or whatever the case may be. Mm hmm. You, it is his responsibility to protect her inside the marriage from outside people. Mm -hmm. He didn't do that. And obviously it got to the point where she escalated to the say, I got to walk out. Right. Right. Now he's giving you the silent treatment. He's plugging his ears. He's pouting and like his a arms. widow baby. Exactly. So now because you made a decision to leave him for something he did, He's punishing you for tr for holding him accountable. If you can't treat me right, if you can't protect me from your mama, then I can't be here because I'm unsafe. That's right. With your mama. Preach. All right. He's giving you the silent treatment treatment and that silent treatment has convicted you to try to fix this. You can't fix him. He's manipulating you. You can't fix her. So you going to, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to reveal something real quick. Okay. Reveal it. The reason why you're convicted to try to fix him is not just because of the, not just because of the um, silent treatment, but because how long y'all been together, he's used to manipulating you just like this. And he's groomed you to respond to this kind of behavior. Jesus. Go ahead, babe. He's groomed you. <laughs> for that behavior it did he's groomed you for that behavior but not only that the other point of that manipulation is whether it's misguided or intentional or whatever is that a person who is too set on allowing their mother more most likely it's always the mother overstepping into that relationship influencing the relationship they always manipulate you to believe like I can't there's no like the mother is supposed to come first. And so they walked into the marriage making you believe that their mother comes first with them believing that their mother comes first. And they've made you feel guilty for even speaking out against the mother because then, then it comes off as you're the one that's disrespectful. That's a whole entire grooming process that that started with. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I thought you was about to jump on in. So with that being said, the thing is, is that. Our, our judgment on this is that there's nothing you can do to change him. If he doesn't change, going back to him or trying to repair the marriage is a negative. The reason why is because you're going to go through the same thing again. You're going to go through the same situation again. You're going to actually deal with his mother again. He has to actually change. He needs to change now. Oh, now what you can say would you like to go to counseling to see if he's willing to change? But what that does for you. And he need to go to a man that's going to look at him in his eyeballs. He needs to go. He does need to go to a man. <laughs> but, but what that does for you is it creates an additional process for you to not only go to counseling with him and to grow with him because nine times out of 10, you got your issues too. I'm not saying it has any, I'm not saying that's a reason for the way he treats you, but grow with him. But you also have to monitor how better he gets. You're going to have to give it time because count, actual counseling can take six months to a year to so on and so forth, depending on the issue of his Oedipus complex. You understand what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Or Oedipus complex, which is, you know, my, my thing is, is that he love he, he's so in love with his mother that he looked to marry his mother. And you probably have some things like her without the accountability attached. But anyway, the big thing is, if you decide to go to counseling, it's not your job to fixing. You can go to save your relationship or marriage and you can go to give him an opportunity to be fixed himself. But then that means you're going to have to monitor the process and make sure that he's taking it in. He's not just um, fronting. And it's also a way to. Well, 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 that's it. That's it. That's that's all I got. Go ahead. Okay. So TT, tap TT in. TT finna come oh. through. TT finna come through. King's a professional. Turning into TT. It's past my bedtime, so I got time. <laughs> Listen. 
Here's what I would do. This is so, I'm hold gonna, on. Let me take a deep breath. <laughs> I ain't gonna say bad words. Okay, go ahead. Okay, TT coming through to let you know something here. Number one, I would say before you even consider going back to him, if it's a consideration, you wouldn't be asking this question if it wasn't a consideration. If you didn't love your husband, I think that's that that's that's good, easy to say, right? You love your husband; it's probably a consideration. You want your family back. You want your husband back. You don't want to feel like you're being petty for walking away because of his mother, right? But understand this is a symptom of a much larger problem and how he's treating you by not even considering your feelings and honoring you is a big red flag about how your marriage is potentially going to play out. Huge red flag. I'm telling you this because I know when I've been there and I've walked away from the same type of marriage. Right. And so what I would advise you to do, sister girl here, right? Do not consider going back until you outline the boundaries that you need to be had between mm. him and his mother. Do not allow him to step foot in that house. I mean, okay, fine. I can't tell you to do that. But I, if I were, if I were you, I would not let him step foot back into the house until you have those boundaries clearly lined out and that he can agree to them. And a part of that agreement has to be counseling because it's not just, oh, you can't change him. He needs to literally redefine his mother's position in his life. And that is not something that comes easy for a man who has already put his mother, allowed his mother to break up his marriage and put him between him and his the love of his life. That's plain to see. So that has to be a huge mental shift in him. And he has to want to shift to that. But as long as he can run back to his mama, he's never going to have to deal with that mental shift. That's number one. Number, go ahead. One A, don't let that joker get you pregnant. Ooh. Do not let him get you pregnant because that's going to be reason. That's going to be the reason mm -hmm. that she stays involved. Go ahead. Number, number two. Absolutely. And then I would just say, again, just from this perspective in general, ladies, if you're dating someone like this, who you see his mother gets an attitude with you, his mother treats you crazy when you come around and he don't do nothing about it. And he's already showing the propensity to not protect you from his mother. You will never be able to love a man from the arms of his mama. Mm. There is no amount of sex and you can do. There is no amount of cooking you can do. Nothing you will be able to do will love him out of the arms of his mama. So do not try. Let her have him. Because the more you try to push and pull, it's going to cause a bigger breach in the relationship because he's going to constantly make you feel like you're trying to make me choose between you and my mom. No, I'm trying to make you be a husband. I'm asking you to be who you promised me to be at the altar. And if he does not agree to that up front, if he does not even show the propensity to protect you, even in dating, the propensity, he doesn't have to shield you from his mother, but that dating and even showing that, do not try it. It will, it won't work. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Martins podcast. Recorded live on social media and distributed to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. Now we can't grow without you, so help spread the love. Wherever you found us, rate, like, share, and leave a review. We are grateful to you and appreciate you in advance. Do you have a question for us? Then visit askthemartins.com. Ask us your question or ask for a friend. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Ask the Martins podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.